Welcome everyone to episode four of the Wild Will Throwdown here today. My name is Will Greenwell, of course, your host. Today we have a very special show with a look back at some of our results this past weekend, which mainly ran on Sunday because Mother Nature is still on her wrath in the area. Today we will also have a very special guest, a promoter of Brownstown Speedway over in Brownstown, Indiana. Mr. Jim Price will join us today. Also, we take a look at the schedule for the upcoming weekend, April 15th, 16th, and 17th, of course, being Easter weekend. First and foremost, you know, the tire shortage is continuing to ramp up even more as we go around the nation and see what's going on. Prices are on the uprise, but understandable, as Hoosier, of course, one of the examples are short on tires. Most tracks are now only allowing a certain number of tires per event because of their supply as well and their financial outlook. So we'll be taking more of a closer look as the coming weeks happen uh, and fires across the uh, United States of America. As far as all race tracks are concerned, it's starting to be a very big topic. Now, of course, let's take a look at some of the results across the area from this past weekend. We're going to start off up in Indianapolis, Indiana. We'll start with the Speedrome. Of course, they ran on Sunday afternoon because of the weather cancellation on Saturday. The 50-lap late model figure eight feature saw Mike Riddle Jr. taking home the win, followed by Austin Tunney, finished second, and Jeffrey Shackelford, good run, finished third. Nice podium run for that young man. The Shelbyville Auto Parts Street Stocks were in action this past weekend as Casey Victory picked up the win, followed by Nate Cantor and Harold Bruce, took home third. The Reef Aquarium Shop Adult Fast Carts were in action. Of course, abundance of them out there. They had a 30-lap feature that went to John Hargraves Jr., Manny Aguilar finished second, and Jaden Durham comes home third. The BASA, the Bossa Secure Plus Fords, saw Frank Hardcastle in the 76 take home the win, followed by Jordan Gonder, and then Matt Whitty takes home third. Matt, when he took that third-place run, came back with a vengeance in the figure-eight division for the Fords and picked up the win first of the year here in 2022. Then, of course, the big anticipated debut of the Soapy Joe's Mini Late Models was won by Danny Adams on the oval and Josh Fultz on the eight. How about Josh Fultz moving up from the front-wheel drive division, of course, factory front-wheel drive, then pro front-wheel drive, and purchased himself one of those mini outlaw figure-eight cars, I call them. Of course, late model figure-eight up there, so good job to Josh Fultz. Then, of course, down here to George Louisville, Kentucky, Sportstrom Speedway had a huge day of racing this past Sunday afternoon. Of course, again, rained out by cooler weather temperatures on Saturday. It was fan appreciation night. The total Ford count, I believe, was 55, 21 Race 8 Pro front-wheel drive figure 8 cars and tons of carts from the Kentuckiana Karting Racing Series on hand as well. The Race 8 Pro front-wheel drive oval saw Jamie Beerman Harbin in a win and a wild front-wheel drive oval feature. Coming off of four in that event, the field stacked up they thought they were coming to a caution, but it caused Nick Cooper, uh, him and Bradley Winters, number 80, con- made contact. And then, of course, the number 80 of Bradley Winters rode the guardrail most of the way, almost getting upside down. Both drivers were okay. The Young Gun feature was neck and neck the whole way through as Caden Cook in the 33 picked up the win over Cole Gunter and Drew Toops, a growing division at Sportstrom Speedway as these youngins kind of get their way into racing or move up from the carts to go into the, of course, Sportstrom Speedway, Fords, or any division that they would like. So very cool to see the Young Guns thriving. 
The Ford Powder Puff, of course, always a popular one down at Sportstrom Speedway. Went to the number 91B of Allie Boudreaux, picking up the win in a huge win for that young lady. So coming off the dirt last year, running more and more at Sportstrom Speedway. And, of course, with 55 Fords, this was a huge one. Two A features and, of course, a B, which is a con C, if you, whatever you want to call it, they say. The Ford Oval feature one went to the number 19 of Daniel Durrett. Of course, Daniel Durrett continuing his winning ways in 2022, just like he did in 21. Ford Oval feature number two went to Paul Hartledge in the number 68 machine. Then the Concy or the Ford Oval B went to Jordan Fry in the 072. So congratulations to that young man, rookie in the division, picking up his first win of the year. But it wasn't done yet. The Ford figure eight feature went to the number 14 of Ricky Puckett driving for Dennis Lynn. So great job to see Ricky Puckett back in victory lane. Looking ahead that day, also a ton of kart racing series divisions were on hand, including the senior champs, youth champs, novice A had two features, 385 clone, and then a fun class. So the number 67 of Braden Parsley picked up the senior champ. Youth champ went to Kylie Reggert in the number six. A pair of novice features saw Porter Romeo in the number 24 pick up the win, Maddox Ritchie in the 07. 385 clone went to the number 93 of Cordy Vanover, and then the fun class went to Taylor Jaggers in the number 91. A little bit east of Indianapolis Speed Drone, we go to Anderson Speedway as the CRA ARCA series was in action like they will be at Salem Speedway on the 23rd and 24th. Eddie Van Meter clinched the win, followed by Cody Coughlin. Eddie Van Meter, of course, the veteran figure eight driver at the Indianapolis Speed Drone, former world figure eight tour champion. Picks up the win in a super late model, so awesome to see there. And then we have a little dirt action as Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Car Series was at Hagerstown Speedway in Maryland on Saturday night. Turbo Tyler Erb picked up his first win of the season, and Sunday afternoon they headed up north to the Speed Palace, Port Royal Speedway in Pennsylvania, where Greg Satterley picked up his third Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Car Series win. You can't forget about the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series was in action over the weekend at the famed short track, the hair clip of Martinsville Speedway. William Byron in the number 7 Hendrick Motorsports truck clinched the win Thursday night in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. The Xfinity Series saw a wild race as Brandon Jones in the number 19 for Joe Gibbs Racing picked up the win. And then, of course, the most talked about storyline from all weekend of NASCAR was, of course, the big feud between Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs. Then Saturday night, little short track racing for NASCAR as the Cup Series took place on Saturday night with William Byron picking up another win in the 24. He is being the only two-time winner in the 2022 season so far for the Cup Series. All right, race fans, the most anticipated interview coming up next will be the promoter at the Brownstown Speedway, Mr. Jim Price. All right, now we're back with the Wild Will Throwdown podcast. And, of course, I told everyone my guest here today, Mr. Jim Price from the historic Brownstown Speedway, of course, one of my favorite dirt tracks in the Midwest. So, Mr. Jim, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, Jim, let's jump into it. This is just kind of a story kind of telling. How did you become the promoter of this historic facility? Because Brownstown has a date goes way back. But uh, tell us a little bit how you got involved in this. Yeah, well, it's kind of a it kind of just fell in my lap, really. Uh, I was racing 
I run a super late model from, I think it was 08 to 12, somewhere around here. Uh, and uh, I knew I was going to go broke racing. So at that time, uh, Thunder Valley over here in Salem come open. And uh, I went over there and put, throwed my hat in the ring for that. Uh, had another guy that had the equipment, was going to help me, a friend of mine. And uh, I was the only one from Washington County that even applied for it. Well, when it all said and done, they give it to some guy from Paoli that was related to one of the fair board members. So that's kind of the way Washington County is. So, uh, and at that time, the promoter at uh, Brownstown, he, he was interested in it too. Now, if they'd give it to him, I'd have understood because, you know, he had experience. But he called me that night that we all went over and applied for it and said he didn't want it. And I said, okay, well, I thought I would be a shoe-in then, you know. Well, then, like I said, they give it to the guy at Paoli, uh, which was okay. I was just wanting something to play with, you know, see if I liked it. Well, about a week later, the guy from Brownstown called me and said, was you serious about wanting to be a promoter? And I said, well, yeah, I was wanting to, to play with it a little bit and just see, see how it would be. And he said, well, come talk to me. So I went and talked to him, and uh, next thing you know, I was promoter at Brownstown at it sounds weird and, and odd, but that's just the way it happened. I mean, it just fell right in my lap, and I've been there ever since. That was in uh, that was probably around June of 13, and uh, he said, I'll work with you a couple of weeks here through the fair, and then you can take over at the 1st of August, and that's what I've done. I've been there since uh, August of 2013. Well, that's excellent because I didn't even know that, so that's pretty cool. But now talk about – your super late model racing career i mean a lot of people didn't know that i didn't know that because you know a lot of promoters did race or have some kind of racing background but talk about how you started racing and whatnot and got to super late models well uh back in 91 i run a full season of mini sprints that's back when i was little thin and could get in them uh and but at that time i was just driving a truck for a company and couldn't afford it so i got out of it then and then probably around 2006 or seven, a friend of mine had a mini stock. He said, come drive this for me up at Brownstown. He's wanting to sell it. And this, this guy, you know, he, he, he knew all the angles. He knows how to work it. So I go up there and drive it, and boy, I had a blast. So I ended up buying that mini stock. Well, that was about the last year for mini stocks at that time because they kind of fell to the wayside. So then I got me a Hornet, and you know, just to hold me over. And uh, then I decided to want to go crate racing so i went to tennessee or north carolina down in there somewhere and bought a, a turnkey set up trailer and all and come back and run one year of crates and then uh decided well it's not i mean it's not that much difference just to get a good cheap super motor and uh that way i could race anywhere i wanted that time the only place racing crates was brownstown and uh so i got the super motor and we could run brownstown and florence you know you know whatever we wanted because uh, at that time i think they was just running crates every other week or something like that and then running supers on the other weeks so uh i uh, got me a super motor run i think it was four years uh the last year i run was at florence i run for the for the points finished fourth i think it was in the points fourth or fifth over there in points in 2012 and then uh, i was trying to get out of it like i said no one but racing is almost impossible to get out of once you're in it. And uh, then this prom promoter thing come up, and 
and that got me out of it. I mean, as far as the driving part, of it, but I'm still involved in it. Uh, it 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 feels the the need to be in it. So that's that's probably the only way I would have got out of it. Hadn't been for that, I'd probably still be piddling with hornets or something. I don't know. I'd be doing something. I'm sure. Now, now that leads me to another question here because I've always was fascinated with it. You see it in asphalt racing too. You have a crate engine, late model, whatever you want to call it, whatever like the CRA Super Series. Then you have like that super late models. So what's the biggest difference? Obviously, crate engines, crate. But uh, how much horsepower does a super? You know, a lot of people ask. You know, even Kenny Wallace, you always see him on there talking about modifieds versus super. Everybody, you know, they want to go to a super late model. What's the biggest difference? Well, the the crates, uh, they're about 400 horsepower out of the box. And then the super engines can go all the way to 900. So you're talking, you know, double the horsepower. That sounds <clears throat> like a lot, and it is a lot, but uh, it's not that much different driving style, really. I mean, the crates you have to – you just don't want to let off. That's the only problem with them. you got to keep moving, keep your momentum up, because if you lose that momentum, it takes a while to get back going. And, and the super – you can let off and then stab it and, and catch right back up. But uh, the driving styles and stuff's not that much difference other than just you just don't want to slow down with the crate. And that gets some guys in trouble sometimes because they'll drive in there and not let off when they should. And then, you know, that can cause some trouble. But uh, it's it's still a good, uh, a great way to race. I mean, it's, it's just as much fun, I think, the crates are, if not more, because everybody's even. Uh, but the supers at that time, you know, when I was racing, everybody was running supers. We'd go to Florence and uh, on a regular 1200 to win night and worry about making the show. There'd be 37 cars there for a regular show. Well, just as soon as I get out of it, now you go over there and it wouldn't be 17, which, you know, shows you how much things have slowed down. But, uh, uh, you know, it was just tough to make the show then. I mean, even for $1,200. Yeah, we appreciate that. A lot of people ask, even with, you know, crates, now you see the Sportsman late models versus the Super Series now. And, you know, a lot of people want that equal crate engine. Of course, it's more affordable as well. So let's jump to another thing. A ton of people don't know this, but, you know, people who know me, I just talked to you before we started the podcast. In 2014, I announced with legendary James Essex. That's why Brownstown's always been my favorite. You know, it's gave me a kind of a path before my wife, of course, military, we left. But my point in this from Jamie in the booth, her husband capturing all the photos, the pit shack staff, concession crew, track safety, race control. I see it all the time at Brownstown. So incredible, your staff there. What would you say about your staff and what you've come to today with that famous facility? Yeah, that's uh, one thing that made it, I won't say easy, but easier for me is uh, the staff that had been there all that time and, and, and most of them still there. Uh, you know, like I said, Jamie and her husband's there and, and everybody in the draw sack's the same. Pretty much everybody in the tower is the same except for the announcer. Uh, you know, then, then the girls in the pit shack down there, uh, they've been there the whole time. So I've got a great crew, and that's what it takes. I mean, the promoter, yeah, I mean, he's got to make the decisions, but you got to have somebody to make decisions too, uh, you know, and – and they they always show up. They're always there on time. Uh, so my core my core group, you know, they've been there longer than I have. So they know what's going on. And then uh, you know, there's not a big turnover 
it's not like you know out here on the street you know you got people coming and going all the time uh you know occasionally somebody will uh retire and we'll have to replace them but uh not very often and then uh, you know the ones that we do replace them with are are, are great too uh, you just the key is finding somebody that's in it for the racing and not the money because if they're there just to get a check they're no good to you uh and we you know we had some problems with that when we do have to replace somebody they'll come in and they, uh, somebody will say well i want to work the racetrack well they think working in a racetrack is watching the racing and getting paid at the end of the night so once you get through it once you find somebody though that's in it for racing uh, they would actually do it for free you know just to be there then you've got a good employee but uh you know and and there's a lot of people like that and luckily we've got well about all of our well all of our staff is that way very well said like you said if we were in this for the money then uh, we'd be hurting right now but uh, yeah being raised in this sport it's a passion that we have now let's talk about your events at your facility because to me this is one dirt track that has a stacked card now unfortunately mother nature has rained on our parade this year to start out in a lot of different ways with that being just with that being said describe how it amazing is just a little bit of list here of course the lucas oil late model dirt car series one of my favorites uh it was of course supposed to be the inaugural sprint spring meltdown uh, sprint spring meltdown say that five times fast uh, one I'm excited for and I know Dustin Jarrett and the gang Castro flow racing night in America I will be there that night I am excited about that one $22,000 to win event many special events for classes your lower classes throughout the year the 39th annual Hoosier Duke dirt classic excuse me there Eighth annual Born Free 40 the all popular Jackson County Fair events the Jackson 100 the 27th annual, of course. Now, Fun Fest. That is a huge one. I enjoy Fun Fest. I can tell you that. But this, to me, is a stacked schedule for this dirt track racing facility. Not many dirt tracks can say they have that many prestigious events on their card. Contribute that and talk a little bit about that because this is some huge racing events. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, the Jackson 100 has always been the marquee event for Brownstown Speedway, uh, and you know we we've kept that going, uh, and we've actually added to it. You know we've got the night before the Jackson now. Uh, used to be they would come in and qualify on Friday and load their car up and sit there till the next night to run heat races and and features, uh, and that just doesn't work these days. Uh, there's just too much other stuff going on, and people don't want to spend two days for a one day race. So we changed that and made a night before the Jackson. Uh, which is his own race. Uh, it doesn't pay as much as the Jackson, but you know it, it, they do make a payday there. And then, uh, of course, Saturday we pay the full twenty thousand dollar win purse for a one day show. So you don't have to be there on Friday to race Saturday. Then uh, uh, Fun Fest, of course, like you said, it's been there. Uh, Terry England started that, and uh, he brought it to Brownstown before I got there, and then. Uh, after I took over, he, he helped, I don't know how many years it was, several years there, and then he decided he was wanting to retire and get slow down, and uh, he just kind of handed that over to us, uh, and, you know, we try to keep it going. Um, the Indiana Icebreaker to, to kick off our season, 
we know it's going to be iffy, and anytime you race in March, uh, it's going to be iffy. But there is some beautiful days in March, and if you can catch one of those, uh, you can, you know, really have a, a big turnout. Uh, I haven't been so lucky. I think I've only had like three or four of the eight that we actually got in. Uh, but like I said, in March, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, then last year, uh, the guys over at Dirt on Dirt or Flow Racing contacted me. Uh, <clears throat> I hadn't even heard of such a thing yet when they called me and said uh, we're wanting to do a midweek race uh, and we want Brownstown to be a part of it. So I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm game. I'll try anything twice. Um, so they come over and they put on a heck of a show and uh, it, you know, it was a good turnout for a midweek race. Uh, and then this year they wanted to come back again and uh, just make it bigger and better. So we're going to try to uh, try it again. I mean, it's a, uh, if everybody shows up that they're talking about, it should be a barn burner. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we've got the uh, Hall of Fame Classic. That was a race. Uh, we usually run it in August right after the fair. Uh, that's always been a race at Brownstown, or at least before I got there. And uh, we made a 10,000-win non-sanctioned race out of it. Um, and it does it does really well. Uh, we've got the uh, Born Free 40. Uh, that's something that I actually come up with after I started. But it's, you know, it, it's okay. It does good. But on the 4th of July weekend, it's, there's just so much other stuff going on that it's, it's kind of tough. So this year, we actually pushed it back a week since uh, the 4th, I think, is on a Monday. And with everything going on, we, we're going to run it the next Saturday. So we're hoping that that'll, you know, help alleviate some of the competition for the entertainment dollar. And uh, then the Hoosier Dirt Classic, it's it's always been around. Uh, and I think, you know, that's pretty much our biggest races. Uh, and then we'll have some uh, two, three, four thousand win super shows is what we're hoping for this year if everything turns out all right. Uh, I haven't set the dates for, I usually wait till it gets a little closer and then I'll just announce if it's, you know, 2,000 or 4,000 or depending on what we're up against. If there's not much going on, we'll we'll raise the purse up there and try to get, you know, uh, some more drivers. But if you're competing with Florence or something else, you know, close, it, it, you know, there's just not enough cars out there anymore. It used to be that you could do it, but uh, anymore the super late models are getting fewer and further between. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we can schedule around other stuff and and keep it going. Yeah, like I said, you know, one of the most stacked cards in any dirt race and here in the Midwest is pretty awesome to see. Now, just highlighting your weekly divisions here, the U.S. Air Force Modifieds, All-in-One Pools, Pure Stocks, Crown Vicks, P3 Graphics, Indiana Pro Late Models, the Pewter Hall Super Stocks, Kane's Tree Service. I always like to get sponsors out there, the Kane's Tree Service Hornets and the Slicker Graphics Super Late Models. Uh, they continue to grow. You know, I saw your Hornet count was at 33, which is always great for Hornets. Uh, I believe the last show was Super Stock 17, Pure Stocks 18, Crown Vicks 18, and Pro Late Models 23, which for this day and age, is it's good for the tire shortage, of course, going on. We talked about it, the inflation of fuel and the cost of that. But you have one impressive stacked uh, card with your weekly divisions, too. And all through the year, like this Saturday night, I announced on the uh, the Part 1 episode, or Part 1 here, Kids Night this weekend, 
Uh, hopefully, weather, knock on wood, is good. But uh, talk about your weekly divisions because, you know, those guys are the faithful ones that's there each and every week. Yeah, uh, as far as our weekly divisions are uh, Indiana Late Model Series, which it's a series, but, I mean, it's it's home track still, Brownstown. We travel to a few other tracks, you know, throughout the year. But uh, that's really our most, I don't know, prof- or not profitable, but our best series. Uh, we There's, you know, there's 40 cars that can show up at any time. Uh, and to have, uh, you know, a good series like that, uh, you have to go, you know, pretty far south to to get anything to compete with it. I'd say we're in the Midwest. We're the the crate late model series to to beat. Uh, and then we've got uh, you know all of our other our super stock series. You know, I, I still say that's probably our most competitive series there is because there's ten or twelve drivers can show up and win that. Uh, you know, there's six or eight in the in the crates that's you know most going to win most of them. Uh, but you know the super stocks. That's that's really the series I think that's the most competitive. Uh, now, like I said, there, I think we had like 18 of them there last week. But it was cold. Uh, a lot of people, for one reason or another, are not ready. Uh, you know, usually we have 25 or six of those. Uh, or pure stocks. It's been it's a it's a great class, competitive class. Uh, last week they run. I think it was 16 laps. The first 16 laps side by side for the lead, uh, I bet they swap swap leads probably six or eight times, and then a lap car kind of got in the way, and one of them had to back off, and then that was you know he couldn't catch back up. But uh, that was a great race. Uh, there's not been a lot of those you know recently, but we have decided that we're going to crack down on the rules and uh, and make everybody run the same stuff. Uh, so you know that's kind of a work in progress. Uh, modifieds, you know, they're they're kind of in the same category as the super late models. Uh, there's, you know, the, the, they're getting fewer and further between, but you know, still a lot of them. But unfortunately, it's on the downhill slide. I'm afraid uh, with the motors. You know, the motors they're still running them high dollar motors. It's just about as much as a super engine. Uh, now they're letting them run the high dollar shocks. Uh, is you know, cost wise, there's not a whole lot of difference in that in a super late model. Used to be the tires a little cheaper. Now I don't even know if that's the case, if you can get them. Uh, and then you know, like you mentioned, the Hornets, uh, them things are, you know, I thought they'd about run their course here a couple years ago, but man, they're just catching on like gangbusters for some reason. Uh, and then we've tried to uh, get the Crown Vex started. Uh, the Crown Vex, you know, I thought would kind of take over when the Hornets started to die out. But uh, my thinking was, well, they're safer, they're slower, and if we don't let them get out of hand, they'll stay that way. And they put on great racing. Uh, but, you know, we just got to stay on top of them. The Hornets have gotten out of hand. I mean, these guys are spending eight, ten thousand $10,000 on a car, you know, to get out, go out here and win 100, 100 bucks. You know, it just don't make sense to me. But... Uh, but they do it, and the racers. I mean, that's they do what they do. That's what they're going to do. They're going to uh, do whatever it takes to win, and they'll spend whatever it takes to win if they've got it. So, you know. But the problem with the Hornets, you know, we can't tech. You'd have to be a genius to tech them all. There's so many brands. You got so many models, uh, and there's no one person you can get to, to tech them. 
I mean, who, who, you know, the difference between a Honda and a Chevy and a Dodge and uh, Integra and this and that. I mean, nobody knows, you know, all that stuff. So they've they've gotten out of hand, but they still put on a good show, and there's a lot of them. So, you know, as long as we're putting on good shows and keeping the car counts up, we'll keep running them. And uh, you know, like I said, the Crown Vicks, I think they're, I think they're the wave of the future uh, as far as the cheap. Uh, you know, you can buy one of those reasonable and put a cage in it and take one off the street and be competitive. So uh, that's kind of our. Uh, you know, get started class. So uh, we you got to keep a class that anybody can afford to go do. You know, you catch a, somebody on a stand and say, I want to go racing. Well, for three or 4000 they can get a Crown Vic and go racing. Uh, but they're not going to invest 30000 to run a modified. So uh, we try to keep something there that's affordable all the time. Yeah, and to you, what you've said, grassroots racing is kind of where we want to keep. And it's hard to really, you know, it's happened. You know, I was at Sportstrom last three years, so they have 50 to 60 Crown Vicks every week. And now to see that, yesterday they had 55. And every time I see someone trying to sell a Crown Vic, it's become 7,000, 8,000. Like your testament, staying on top of that rules is what you need to do, and that's really good because it's not fair to this guy who's sitting in the stands wanting to go racing versus this guy who's been in racing 20 years trying to beat the rules and get ahead. So that's a very good testament there. So looking at the tire shortage now, we hear a ton of promoters all over talk about tire shortages all over the country. Uh, how has that affected Brownstown? Because I haven't heard much of dirt. You know, Asphalt I hear a lot of, but what's the tire shortage situation at Brownstown? Well, it's 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 pretty bad. Uh, you know, there hasn't been any modified tires released till this week. Uh, our tire guy went up and got a load. He sent me a picture of them. I don't know how many there was, but he they told him to limit it to two per customer. Well, I mean, if if you got a whole bunch of them to start with, two's not too bad. But if you're just starting out and don't have any, that does you no good. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'd say he's done went through all them. I, ha- I was aiming to call him today, but I didn't get a chance to. And uh, the super tires are basically about the same way, maybe not quite as bad. Uh, but for the, uh, you know, for the pure stocks, we did see this coming last year, and we implemented a rule this year to go back to radial tires like they used to be. And I'm really glad we did because you can buy, you know, radial tires for 120 bucks a piece. And they'll last you till, you know, something happens to them. I mean, they're not, you don't wear them out. They're just going to, you know, get cut or something. It's the only way you have to replace them. So, and we've had, uh, like I said, some of the best racing we had was the first race out. Uh, you know, they're, they're really competitive on them. So that was a good move on our part. Uh, and, uh, but I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they figure something out soon because you can't, you know, you can't buy two tires and go racing the first race of the season. I mean, you need at least eight or ten. So, and the, of course, the prices are going up like everything else. Uh, and and you understand some of that, but it really doesn't make sense to me why there's a shortage, and to start with, and then the price is so high too. I mean, I could see one or the other, but but both just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But you know what do I know? <laughs> Yeah, it's a mystery to a lot of promoters, I can tell you that, Jim, from what we've seen. Uh, but going forward, before we wrap it up here, you know, I 
I went to Brownstown, I think, last year. I didn't get a chance this year yet because of all the stuff that I'm into. But I saw a lot of improvements. The the grandstands to the left of the covered, man, impressive. I love those new bleachers. I know a lot of people were asking you guys to replace them. You did. Uh, you put that beautiful rock in there as well. Yeah, I think the, the back of the walkway, I think you put you concreted it all there for a nice walkway. People are talking about that. What do you what do you say about what you're doing at Brownstown? Your improvements because it's looking good. Yeah, uh, that was that was a great improvement there. But uh, we had to do something. The the old bleachers was just boards, and we replaced those boards once since I've been there, and they only lasted like three years. Uh, well, now lumber's so so high that we finally the fair or I say we the fair board uh, finally bit the bullet and and fixed them right. So. Those will never have to be, you know, they should be good for as long as we're around. Um, we done uh, all of, you know, the, all the outside bleachers in turn four, and then uh, part of the bleachers in turn one, we actually, the frames were still good on those, so we just reskinned them. And then uh, we've got two more sections. Well, we took one section out in turn four of the wood, and we just put rock in there for now. The plan is to replace those because we, we really need them. And then there's a small section in turn one that still needs to be replaced. But, uh, you know, it. at that time, that was a lot of money, and and that was right before everything went nuts. So it may it may take a little longer than we anticipated just because of the price of everything. But, uh, but yeah, we try. We uh, I like to try to keep things, you know, up to date as much as we can. Um, you know, there's a limit to what, what I can do, of course, and then – there's a limit to what the fair board can do, but but we work really well with them. Uh, I'm lucky to have a fair board like that. Uh, you know, there's never been a bit of a minute's trouble back and forth on anything. Uh, there's like 35 members of that fair board, and but they have a racing committee, which is like seven or eight of the fair board members are on the racing committee. So that's who I deal with. I don't have to deal with a whole bunch of people. And then they'll make a recommendation to the fair board, and then they vote on whatever they want to do. So, and the, and the people on the racing committee are racers or past promoters and stuff. People that know about racing, it's just not somebody that you know knows nothing about it. So that's what makes it work so good, I think. Absolutely. And Jim, last question for you: What would you like to tell someone who has never been to Brownstown Speedway, who uh, has never been to a dirt race or just a racing in general? Because that's such a cool place to see a dirt race. Uh, I always talk. I think the first time I fell in love with Brownstown as a fan when I was a young kid, my dad took me there. Was the berm, the infamous berm there? Because I've seen great things happen and i've seen bad things happen with that and people seem to talk man i love brownstown because it's like a bowl well you see a lot of dirt tracks in the midwest not have the wall but you guys do have a wall but it's just you know you have the berm where you can go over i've seen guys one of my favorite things i see guys go over that berm you can't see them anymore and then they just keep in the throttle and they jump it and they keep going uh talk about that and just what do you have a message for all the fan base out there yeah i think uh, you know the wall and the no wall deal i mean it's you got its good points and bad points the the good point with no wall is you know you got new drivers coming over and it doesn't uh you know scare them as bad because they know they're not going to hit that wall uh but then you got the the better drivers it gets a little bit more ballsy you might say than they would if there was a wall but that put, that makes good racing uh you know i'll put our racing up against any track in the area 
you know, I'm not saying that we're the best, but but we have some good, dang good racing. And, uh, you know, I was always, growing up, I used to come out here to Salem Speedway every race, you know, after they reopened. And uh, I always thought, you know, asphalt's the only way, you know, they race on dirt, you know. You, and uh, and then I went, and, and once you do it and see it, uh, it, it, it gets in your in your blood and uh you know i i still like asphalt racing don't get me wrong but i i'd prefer the dirt a little bit over the, the asphalt but if you know if there's an asphalt race close i'll go to it anyway you know i like i like all kinds of racing and last question here what would you like to say to people out there listening to you right now uh just Come on out to your facility. Great prices. I think you let them take in a cooler, right? Uh, you know, a lot of places don't do that, and I always want to get that message across too, because a lot of people they can pull almost right up to the grandstands and go in the pit gate or ticket gate. They can bring their cooler in. But uh, what's your message to all the fans out there? Yeah, that's that's funny you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, so we don't we do not sell beer, and if you do sell beer, you can't let them bring in coolers without searching them. So. You know, we we never sold they've never sold beer at uh, Brownstown, and uh, people just bring their own, uh, which is is okay. You know, we don't have the hassle of of having to have the licenses and all that stuff for that. So yeah, they bring their coolers in. Uh, we're a little bit different than any other track. You know, we pay as soon as you turn off off the highway and pull into the place. You pay in your car, and then you're you're free to run, roam the grounds uh, except for the pits. Then you have to pay it again to get in there. But, yeah, you can pull right up to the, you know, behind the grandstands there real close with your car. You can walk back and forth anytime you want to, or you can sit in a car till the race comes up that you want, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a little different, but it, it works pretty well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, anyone that's not seen a dirt race or or uh, been to Brownstown, I, I recommend you at least come check it out at least once, and I, th- I think you'll be surprised. Well, Jim, I know you're a busy guy. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you stopping by today. Uh, we like letting the fans and drivers get to know the promoters a little more on their history and how they started. Uh, but, man, thanks for being here today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, to get the opportunity to speak to you and, and hope this goes well. Uh, looks like it's going to take off good, so I'm proud to be here. All right, and that was Jim Price, the promoter of Brownstown Speedway. And that was Jim Price with Brownstown Speedway, the promoter there at that historic facility. We appreciate him taking some time out of his schedule to join us today on the Wild Wheel Throwdown. Now, race fans, it's time to look at the upcoming schedule for April the 15th, 16th, and 17th Easter weekend coming up this weekend. Lake Cumberland Speedway in Burnside, Kentucky has their opening this Saturday night. It will be the 16th of April. It will feature the American All-Stars Series Pro Late Models, paying $3,000 to win along with the other classes competing. Dirt 2 Media will be covering that all season long with the American All-Star Series Pro Late Models. Check them out. Last time they visit the I-75 Speedway in Tennessee. Staying with the dirt, Bloomington Speedway kicks off their 2022 campaign this Friday night, April the 15th. With the non-wing sprint cars, 1,500 to win. Super stocks, 500 to win. 
305 Race Savers Sprint 600 to win. And, of course, the Hornets 200 to win. Gates open at 4 p.m. General Mission $20. The track is located at 5185 South Fairfax Road in Bloomington, Indiana. Check them out. Bloomington Speedway. The Paragon Speedway returns this Saturday night with 410 Sprint Car Racing Action, along with the Modifieds, Bombers, and Hornets are also on the card. Our friends up at Lawrenceburg Speedway is competing this Saturday night with the Kelsey Chevrolet Sprint Cars, Koi Auto Parts Modifieds, Impact Sports Pure Stocks, and Bessler's U-Pull and Save Hornets. Lawrenceburg, make sure you visit them up there. They are something to see. High banked dirt, long straightaways. Check them out. Almost on the Ohio-Indiana border. That is up at Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Florence Speedway up in Union, Kentucky has a huge night of racing this Saturday night as well. It's the Spring 50 for the Super Late Models. They will have a $10,000 to win feature. Heat races, B-Mains, of course. Also on the cards will be Modifieds, Hornets, and the Sport Mod Division. So Florence Speedway this Saturday night. It's going to be a great night. Of course, home of the North-South 100 and Ralph Latham Memorial. Our friend Jim Price and the gang over at Brownstown Speedway this Saturday night will host Kids Night. With the Indiana Pro Late Models, Pure Stocks, Hornets, Crown Vicks, and Kevin and the gang with the MMSA Mini Sprints at the Fame Facility this Saturday night at Brownstown Speedway. Our friends at the Circle City Raceway up in Indianapolis, Kevin Garrigus and the gang will have their opener this Sunday, Easter Day, in a huge way. They will host the inaugural C.J. Rayburn Memorial for the Super Late Models. It will be the Stronger Than Dirt Classic. They will also have the Crate Late Models and UMP Modifieds. Looking ahead, Sportstrom Speedway is back in action this Saturday night as well. 22nd Annual G&G Radiator Keep Go 100 Night. Qualification set to begin at 6 p.m. with the green flag dropping around 7. A huge stacked card including the ICA Dumpster Sportsman Division, Powder Puff Ford Division, Affordable Ford Oval, Ford Figure 8, Minivan Figure 8, and of course, the Keep Cool 100 for the Kentucky Anna Tank Wash Modified Figure 8, and they have a huge, huge card. I'm not talking about just features, heat races as well, so make sure you check them out. Also, this Saturday night that was released on Monday... Speedrome in Indianapolis is going to have earlier start times for the frigid weather coming in that night. The National Anthem set to take off at 3.55. They're going to have junior fast carts. They're going to have adult fast carts, legend series, factory front wheel drives, and the late model figure eight division. So make sure you check them out, Indianapolis Speedrome. Kevin and the gang will be there on Saturday night, and they will turn around Sunday and head to Circle City Raceway right across the the street basically there for Kevin Garrigus. He's done great things to that dirt track up at the fairgrounds there. Last year was their inaugural season. This year is their second full year. So very cool to see what they got in store for 2022. Looking at some of the National Touring Series, the Ironman South Late Model Series visits Taswell Speedway this Saturday for a $21,000 to win event. Pretty good for super late models, Twenty-one grand on the line. Also, the MLRA had their race last week at 81 Speedway. Now they hit the 34 Raceway for a $10,555 to win event. The Carolina Clash Series is a very popular division series down south. 
They will be about 10 miles from Fort Bragg, North Carolina, where we were first stationed in 2017. That is a great facility. Fayetteville Motor Speedway is where I first started working at a racetrack as an official there. They will have $5,000 to win on the line for the Carolina Clash Series, so cool to see that track still going very strong. Now, if we're talking NASCAR, Easter weekend big time as the new car visits the dirt for the first time at Bristol Motor Speedway. The new NASCAR Cup Series next-gen car will be first on the dirt. Very anticipated race this Sunday night, but the Camping World Truck Series races Saturday night, and the Cup Series will be on Easter, so check out NASCAR this weekend. Going to be very packed with action this weekend of Easter. And race fans, drivers, and crews, and everyone listening, that is going to do it for me today on the Wild Will Throwdown Podcast, Episode 4. It's hard to believe that we've come four episodes into the Wild Will Throwdown. Guys, thank you so much. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell an enemy. Like us on Facebook, the Wild Will Throwdown. Tune in. We want to keep short track racing thriving. We want to keep it going. And uh, thank you so much. Can't thank everyone enough who made this possible. I would like to thank once again Jim Price, the promoter of Brownstown Speedway, for being my special guest today. Thank you to all the production staff at Dirt 2 Media for making this possible. A huge thank you to all of you, of course, the great listeners who make this possible. We couldn't do it without you. I'm Will Greenwell, and remember, always, always, always support your local short track. And I'll see you around the turn. <laughs>